Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Hey folks, time for another In a Mississippi Minute. Thanks for tuning in. I really mean it. I really appreciate you guys. I am Steve Azar reminding you that my pals at Superior Catfish, homegrown, produced where? Right here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish and then there's Superior Catfish. Go to superiorcatfish.com. And, man, I love celebrating our Mississippi. The best way to do it and plan a road trip and be proud of it is go to visitmississippi.org. All right. Today's guest, well, he's become a really Really good pal since I moved back in 2011. He's one of the greatest to ever wear the number 13 and run the show at quarterback. Who wears 13? I mean, come on. For most of you listeners that already know who it is, just in case he spent his time roaming the field for Hell State, Mississippi State, back in 80, 81, 82, and 83. And man, did he ever. He played in the wishbone offense, which is like you don't see it unless maybe Navy runs some sort of a version of it under Coach Emery Ballard. His wonder years were spent in Georgia at Valdosta High School before coming to Hell State. When you talk charisma and you talk that when you finally get one-on-one in the room with him, it's impossible not to admire and love him, even if you attended a rival school. I'm serious. He and his MB have been very special to our Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event. So let's get to it right now with the 2005 Mississippi State Hall of Fame inductee and catch up with my pal and yours, John Bond. What's up, Johnny? What's up, Steve-O? Man, that was that was quite the introduction. I appreciate that. They, uh... You know, the wishbone, I always think back. I go, wishbone? Yeah, I was wishing I wouldn't break a bone and running that <laughs> yeah, thing. You were, all right, and let's talk about that for a second. Now, am I even in the ballpark with what Navy runs? Yes, very much so. In fact, um, that step motion, you see them, you know, that real quick motion that's going one way or the other, and they'll turn around and go back the other way. Emory, Emory started that. We did uh, the first time we did that, we were playing um, Illinois up in Champaign, Illinois, and and uh, Coach Ballard met with the refs, you know, before the game and said, you know, now this is this is what we're doing, fellas. Now we're doing what we call step motion, and we're moving away from the line of scrimmage, and we're taking more than one step. So it's a legal motion. It's it's completely legal. And and uh, the refs go, yeah, 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 okay, Coach. The very first time we did it, boom, flag, they called us for motion. <laughs> Emory got so mad, he went out there. That's what I was trying to explain to you. <laughs> I love it. We're, you're going into character right now. You've got imita- yeah. 
I have I every that. time I say his name, I gotta, you I gotta, gotta talk it. like he talked. It was, it was a great guy. <laughs> Were you uh, in the huddle doing that? Yeah, Coach sometimes. just said, uh, we need to, I mean, hey, what were you like in the huddle? I, I always sort of, you know, I know that as competitive as you were and still are, but as competitive in those days, I mean, what was it like in the huddle? Were you, were you a little free willing? I mean, were you a little wild in there or were you just locked in and focused? Well, most of the time it was locked in and focused, but if somebody needed, uh, uh, talking to, I would give him a talking to. <laughs> if you know, I'll never forget Danny Knight, man. Dan, Danny looked at me one time; his eyes got big because I was wearing him out because he hadn't caught a touchdown pass all year. And um, sure enough, that we got we and it was the play we called. It was ended up being an eighty-yard touchdown against LSU. And, and uh, I said, "I'm going to stick you with this thing, and you're going to take it to the house, Danny." And uh, sure enough, that, that play we called, he caught it and took it to the house. Wow! Hey, so, now let's uh, talk about your your record with LSU undefeated. Yes. Never yes, lost him. What was it about that, you think? Uh, well, you know, it was, uh, they were very intense. <laughs> they, uh, they had a great defense every year we played them, had a great defense. I think they struggled on offense a couple of years, but, um, but their defense, like, uh, the first time we played them, we ended up scoring 55 on them, and that was the most they had scored on them since, you know, like in the 40s or something. Wow. And, uh, but one of the defensive backs, after about the third time I ran it, he, he got a pretty good lick on me, and he was on top of me, and he pointed at me and said, Bon, there's a $1,500 bounty on your ass, and I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh-oh, we might better tighten our chin straps a little bit. For that day. <laughs> hey, so how do you remember responding? I'm trying to imagine you just laughing it off, or you were like. I kind of did. I, I was kind of shaking off about a half a concussion, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord, and so so when you're running that wishbone, right? Right. Before you ever knew how to run it. Yes. What the heck is going on in your mind? When does it yeah. become second nature where it just becomes like, I got this, I don't have to think about it? It, it took a while, probably about half a year, that year before you really started, things started slowing down a little bit. and uh, But I tell you that the greatest thing was with Coach Ballard. He knew the he knew it so well and taught me to recognize defenses, not only the fronts, but we, you know, we had to recognize the fronts and what they were, what tendencies were, were they slanting this way? Were they slanting that way? Was the end going to, you know, coming for the fullback? So you kind of got an idea. That's really what happened. You kind of get an idea of what's going to happen. And you, the more and more you see defenses and secondaries and how they're going to support the run and stuff like that, you get a better idea of, of what they're going to do. So you can kind of anticipate, um, of, of what you're fixing to see and but it's tough you know like now these guys you know they're five yards deep and running the the you know the the zone read and but man i was up there so close to them i could count their nose hairs you know i yeah. mean it was i mean they were right in your face so it was a little bit quicker and um uh if, if you made a mistake it wasn't didn't end up too good <laughs> could you pa did you pass out of it we passed a little bit you know i think we averaged you know 10 times a uh, a game i think 10 or 11 times a game over my career but the thing too, though, was it was either hit or miss, but we rarely threw on first down. So, you know, usually when we threw, it was everybody in the stadium knew we were going to throw. Um, uh, you know, we were within three or four yards of the line of scrimmage. So there's a lot of hands in the air right there. So you get a lot of tip balls. So mm -hmm. it was, you had to find alleyways, you know, you know, and, and had to wait on guys to get to that little hole, that little window they call, you know, get to that window. 
Um, so it was a little different than, you know, sitting back or dropping back and throwing the ball with a little breathing room. I'm just trying to just see when you let go of the ball, what decision you make, who you give it to, do you keep it yourself? I mean, so much. So with you, and then you're dealing with this really prolific college career, you've beaten huge teams, you beat Alabama, you beat LSU every time, and you got to look at your the next level, right? You yes. haven't thrown the ball. I mean, right. is it because of the system you look back and if you'd had the opportunity to throw? And were you a passing quarterback before you came? To well, yeah, you know, I only, I, yeah, I really, uh, at, in high school, we ran, you know, pro offenses. We had the eye, we had, you know, the wing right and left, and we, you know, we'd do the, we'd do the traditional sprint out, and and but we threw from the pocket, and uh, I only played one year, but yes, most definitely, and. That, you know, people have asked me, Steve, it said, would the wishbone work? I said, yeah, it would work if you could get somebody to come run it. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You could, you're not going to be able to get an athlete to come run it because they want to go to the schools that are putting the ball in the air and yeah. that, you know, that's for that next level. And, uh, you know, and that wasn't, that wasn't something that I was thinking of. I was thinking about coming and playing, you know, back at Mississippi State. And, you know, if it would have been Bob Tyler that was still at, at, um, Mississippi State when I came. Then things may have been different, you know, but we ran the wishbone and I enjoyed every minute of it. Now it was fun. I got to, you know, I, I was involved in every play. So it wasn't, uh, you know, hand the ball off and, and watch him run, you know, watch Bo or, or Herschel run. It was, uh, you were involved in every play, which I love. Yeah. I know. I know. I know you love to be involved in every play in life, by the way. I've seen it. <laughs> right. Right. I know you, I mean, you live life to its fullest. I love your, uh, you're just, it, there's just a smile about you when you walk in, even when you're not smiling. I know the smile is coming. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just barely behind the surface. And, well, you uh, catch me at a good time, Steve, because I always, man, I love seeing y'all and I love seeing all the guys <laughs> and, and all that. So, so you catch me at a good time now, when I'm running my, making sure my dump trucks out here. Are Sometimes I don't have a smile on my face. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're with my pal, John Bond, 2005. Hall of Fame inductee into Hell State, and just one of the true good guys. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, my only experience is high school growing up or junior high and high school and not liking our rivals in other schools, not liking the, the players there, never thinking it would ever happen when you would have a friendly moment. And then when you get out of that competitive mode, you – you hate the fact that you love them all, <laughs> right? <laughs> which, is what, which is what happened. So we'll be right back. You can't help but love John Bond. Number 13, Gino Toretto. Our buddy Gino Toretto was number 13, John. Yes, and Gino. yes he was. There were some good ones. There were some good ones. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Oh, he was all right. He was okay. Yeah, he was okay. He was okay. <laughs> we're we're going to be right back. Before we go, we're talking catfish. You're going to talk Mississippi. You're going to talk making Mississippi, which John is dang close to Hell State. And I have been on the, uh, I have been on the property watching the whole process happen. It's amazing. Go to superiorcatfish.com and visit mississippi.org. Man, football is a big part of who we are as a state. I put it in our state song. There you go. We'll be right back. I'm Steve Azar with John Ball. Hey, this is Bob, and if Silver whistle and an old 
a polo shirt and a pair and that's of a great song, shorts in that summer <laughs> I, love I love you. I love you. John Bond's making me feel good. That's what he's doing. He's my guest today, 2005 inductee into Mississippi State's Football Hall of Fame. He roamed the field back from 80 to 84. And, man, did I love watching him play. I wasn't the only one. Garth Brooks, well-documented, <laughs> loving Loving number 13. I think he wore his jersey. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's always a good uh, story to rehash. But before we rehash, I want on your plate, in your mind, if it's made in Mississippi and it's catfish, it's Superior Catfish. Go to superiorcatfish.com. Visit mississippi.org. Man, they've been my sidekick, or I, excuse me, I apologize. I've been their sidekick for many years as a music and culture ambassador of the state. I've gotten to understand how valuable uh, our arts, our museums, uh, an economic impact beyond belief. Uh, just amazing. Go to visit Mississippi.org and help spread the love. All right. John Bond is my guest today. Hey, John, how do you and MB meet? By the way, I know you've been married just long enough for you both to have a different story, but from your yeah. viewpoint, what is it? Yeah, no, yeah, we got, yeah, cause she, uh, I think I was coaching at Mississippi State when I met her, and and I was trying to get her to come help me with this computer stuff. <laughs> you know, this is back in the nineties, and I think she just walked by my office and flipped me off. You know, <laughs> you know, MB is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So MB looks like she was an athlete. She was. She was. You know, cheerleader, basketball, track, all that kind of stuff. So yes, she was. So okay, so let's since you're not giving me too much of the skinny, like when the first kiss happened, when the you know where you asked her, where where did you ask her to marry you? What was that like? Oh, where were we? We were in um, we we're at the beach, and it, oh, as a matter of fact, it's coming up. I think it was on Valentine's. Look at you, you're um, a romantic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure am. Uh, don't yeah, you talked to her about that. <laughs> I love. I think I've actually gotten you turn red a little bit. I can't see you, but I think I'm feeling it. You're Valentine uh, red. Your face is Valentine red right now. Well, let's put it that she made me ask her twice. <laughs> she, she didn't believe me the night before, so the next morning. I asked her. That's funny. Oh, that's funny. I love it. Hey, look, I was supposed to go to Lake Conway where we had Gwen and I had one of our first fall in love moments. And by accident, I went to Lake Totesuck. And so that's where I got engaged. And then I had a bottle of champagne. And I spilt it everywhere. And then I, and then I wrote a song for her. And I, I, I don't even know if I got the words right. And so then we went to, uh, the Capitol Hotel to celebrate. And there was nobody in the entire restaurant, but me and her and two others. And they sit us with them. And, oh. you know, and I go, why are we sitting with them? Well, you know, they have those long booths in the back of the wall. And so right. everybody, and then they have the small tables. So we were literally next to them on the table, but we could reach out and touch them. And all of a sudden, uh, I go, Hey, look, we want to be alone. We just got engaged. I mean, I'm just so stupid. I said that, but I did say that. And the, they, they go, Oh man, congratulations. We, oh, we know y'all stay. We'd love to celebrate that with you. And da da da. And I said, no, no, we're good. And so I get them to move us. Because there was nothing but empty tables. And I'm serious. Nobody else but the four of us. And I go, why would they sit us with them or that close to them? And Gwen goes, not only that, that's our governor and his wife, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Why would they do that? I swear. That's a true story. I'm not going to go any further than that. But that, that happened. Anyway, all right. So I don't know where that discussion even – where did that happen? Oh, I was asking about MB. All right, let's keep talking about family. I'm watching yeah. you do some posts about your baby girl. 
What's yes. going on athletically with your kids, and can you see it on the next level? Uh, I can see Emily uh, running track on the next level, yes. I can. She's uh, She has the long legs and can run. Um, her basketball skills, she loves basketball. Um, but, uh, you know, it just kind of keeps her in shape for track. So she can, she can actually run really good. She does the hurdles and she does, she ran the hundred meter the other day just in practice and then did really well. You know, you get down to 13 for a, you know, a 16, 17 year old. It's not bad. 13 Amazing. seconds, hundred meter. And, and that was just really a work, you know, just a workout. It wasn't even a, you know, a, 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 a time deal, you know, where they were seeing what you were going to run. So. And she really enjoys track. She likes running, and that uh, she takes that after her grandma. Her grandma was basketball and track as well. So wow. she gets it honest. She gets it honest. And Parker, you know, he's he's the all three guy. He's football, baseball, and basketball. Yeah, just got done with basketball, and he absolutely he loves it. And just if it's got ball in it, he loves it. You know, so I, so, so that makes total sense. There was no way that somewhere between the gene pool of you and MB that that wasn't going to happen. You weren't going to, you weren't going to all of a sudden call and go, Steve, why do I have a guitar player and singer songwriter <laughs> in my budget? It wasn't going to happen. But, no. but, but let me ask you this, as far as Parker's concerned, wait, how old is Parker? Parker's 11. Okay. He's just 11. Yeah. When do you start noticing like the work ethic versus the talent and when it starts to clash and really become something? Uh, well, uh, we throw uh, every day, every day he's throwing something or shooting something, you know, and, and, uh, now, now hunting did get in the way a little bit. He loves to hunt. And, uh, so we spent a lot of time in the woods this year and he had a good year. So he really enjoys that. But boy, as soon as it's over, he's got the reeling rods out and, and he's ready to start throwing the baseball, you know, so he's, he's, uh, he's on it. He's, he's got a clock in his head on when things are starting and stopping. Yeah, well, think about it. that's old school. I mean, that's how we were when we were growing up. Yes. We went from one sport to the other. You never could get, you know, well, you could. <laughs> you were capable of getting great at a lot of sports because it was one of your true gifts that you were given. How hard did you work back then, and how hard do your kids have to work now versus, you know, and, and I know talent has a lot to do with it, but you and I both have seen people with less talent pass people with more talent because they just Correct. worked harder. Yes, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing that, that has changed a lot of games and modern sports just because of the, uh, yeah, I think the kids miss something by not playing all three, but, or, you know, or playing more than multiple sports, not necessarily those three, but multiple sports because you get, it's like, uh, who was it? Phil Necro that, that was it Phil Necro or, or one of the guys, he Pitcher. would throw the, yeah, he would throw the, uh, football in the off season to get his arms stronger. You know, wow. and, and things like that. So things, all those sports, those three sports all work really well together. And I was telling Parker this the other day, believe it or not, we had this conversation and, and I said, Parker, look, baseball is, is not the most athletic sport, but you've got to be really smart and you've got to think ahead and you have to know, you know, if the ball comes to me, where am I going with the ball? Who's on first, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And where is he going? If he hits a high, you know, a pop up, where do I go with the ball? So you got to be thinking ahead. So it really helps you with that. Basketball's got a lot of speed in it. It's moving up and down, up and down. You got to be in really good shape and a really good athlete to play that. And football's kind of got a mix of all of that. So mm -hmm. all three sports blend really well together. And, and, um, uh, so they all three will help you. And, you know, 
at the upcoming seasons. And uh, so he, I think he really took hold of that. But to get back to your question about modern sports, everybody works so hard now. You know, Steve, we didn't do any. We'd get ready for football season two weeks before football season. <laughs> you know, they'd get us out in the in, uh, and start running us in Valdosta. They'd start running us two weeks. Now we ran for about three hours. Yeah. And everybody. You know, everybody puked their guts up. Yeah, they gave you salt tablets back then, but but they wouldn't give you any water. Right. Trying to kill us. They were trying to kill us. They were. They were. And, uh, so it it has changed so much. I mean, it's everything is pretty much year round now. And, and, uh, so people can get so much better and so much more specific talent. They can work on the, the things that they do now. You would get thrown out of the quarterback position if you threw the ball the way some of these guys are throwing it these days. You know, to get around that jumping defensive end that's rushing you, throwing yeah. side on him. You know, yeah. things like that. You would, you would get your butt jumped, you know, wow. by the coach, you know, by throwing the ball like that. So things have changed so much. It's so much more of an athletic game, football is. You know, you don't have the big bruising fullback and, and, uh, uh, and I kind of miss it, but you don't have the big bruising fullback and, and all that. There are a bunch of athletes at every position, even yeah. O line. You know, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. I love it. We're with John Bond. I'm getting educated. I love it. And I love the fact that he gets to enjoy his children at that just incredible pool age when he finally gets to really be nervous rather than I'm yes. probably never nervous when he played never, <laughs> but when you're watching your kids, man. It's Golly. insane the difference. It, My it goodness. Really well, it is incredible. I can tell you what I'm not nervous about. I'm not nervous about some superior catfish. That's always game day, game time, always made and produced right here in Mississippi. Go to superiorcatfish.com. John, you like how I segued into that? That's pretty that good. That was great. <laughs> Let me see if I can segue into Visit Famous. Mississippi. Visit Mississippi. Come on. John Bond and I, we will be right back. Don't go down. Cause I'm the coach I'm the coach I'm the coach I'm still trying to find Hey, hey folks, Steve Azar here And like my song says still trying to find my way around so wherever life takes you guarantee bank is here to help visit with a bank representative to make sure your accounts and services meet your current and future needs give us a call at 662-247-1454 and visit one of our friendly 25 branches or check out more at gbtonline.com guarantee bank member fdic In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. John Bond is my guest, Hall of Fame 2005 inductee, Mississippi Hell State. Became a really good friend since moving back. I was a fan back in the day. Uh, he's a couple years older than me, so, you know, that those two years are, are very impressionable years when you're watching uh, a quarterback do wonders out there and do his thing. Uh, John's personality has always been larger than the field, and uh, I think that that makes a huge difference as far as how successful he came 
Uh, speaking of success, go to superiorcatfish.com. It's farm, it's, well, their farms are in Mississippi. It's produced right here in Mississippi. And come on. So you got to check it out and visit Mississippi.org. Plan your next road trip. Be proud of your Mississippi like John is. John is not from Mississippi, but he is an adopted son like Jim Gallagher Jr. Arguably, which one of them are the bigger adopted sons? I'm going to give them both a 10 out of 10. Uh, well, when you decide to come home, John, did you ever, well, first of all, I know you leave to go to Saskatchewan and Cleveland yeah. and all that, but what gets you to come back to Mississippi versus moving back home to Georgia where you grew up as a kid? Yeah, well, people like you, you know, it's just the people around here, the people that I've known. And, you know, believe it or not, see, I was, I was actually born in Starkville and, and grew That's up, right. yeah, grew up there with the Davises, uh, you know, Kermit Davis and, and those guys. Mm -hmm. And, and they, I mean, I still talk to Kermit and, and Bill and, and, uh, Jenny. Nancy and Big Kerm and all that. So we still get together at least, you know, once a year during football season. So C Coach Davis was uh, probably one of the main reasons why I came back, just because of that family feel. And, and I knew him and I was very comfortable with him. You know, it was it was hard to tell Bear Bryant that I wasn't going to Alabama, but it was it was easy to, you know, let uh, Kermit and them know how much I wanted to play for Mississippi State. So that had a lot to do with it. But, yeah, I still – even my guys, I went down – um I was in Valdosta, you know, they just got hit with a hurricane, believe it or not, this past year. And I went down and helped uh, the company that we worked with, Ashbrit, down on our coast after Katrina, mm -hmm. uh, help those guys kind of get their foot in the door and get to know the right people in Valdosta um, so they could get that place cleaned up. And, and uh, so I get back to Valdosta quite, quite often. I had lunch uh, with John Lastinger, and you may remember this guy, Wayne Peace. Um, who was a quarterback at Florida and yeah. Wayne and I were being recruited, uh, you know, in the same year and all that. And he went to Florida and of course I came to Mississippi state, but so I get back there quite often. And I, you know, I talked to Buck and those guys, Buck Baloo and, and skin and a few, a few of the guys that I played football with. So it's, uh, uh, it's hard not to get back there, but I really love the state of Mississippi. <laughs> I love it. Well, the state of Mississippi loves you turning down coach Bryant is obviously like co turning down coach Saban, right? So right. if you're going to compare it to anything, was it playing time? Was it Coach Ballard? Was it coming back to Starkville where you were born? What was it? I, I think, um, you know, I I had watched the wishbone, and I re it really looked like a lot of fun. I didn't know the punishment. I mean, I kind of realized it, but didn't take long to figure out the punishment you were going to get. And, and uh, uh, but the kind of uh, high school career that I went through as far as getting hit and beat up and all that kind of stuff. I think I was, I was well prepared for that type of offense. So I, you know, I felt good about it and, and, and Alabama ran something that they ran the option. They didn't mm -hmm. run it, it just uh, uh, like Mississippi state did and like Emory did, but they had the option, you know, um, in their arsenal and uh, they needed an athletic quarterback and, and, uh, uh, it was real hard to turn him down, but yeah, I think for the most part, it was, it was coach Ballard and it was uh, the Davises and coming back home to Starkville. And, and I wow. uh, think that was, the, that was kind of the final straw, I guess. And then you get to beat him. I mean, when, do you have a, a moment at the end of the game or does coach Bryant ignore you? No, well, he was hunting coach Ballard and I was off hugging cheerleaders. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know where we crossed paths there, but <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I was, oh God, have mercy. I love it. I love it. He was, love it. he was, he said, Hey, to me before the game and, you know, spoke briefly, uh, just, you know, cause we were sitting there warming up. The, 
Don Jacobs and those other the Alabama quarterbacks are right there next to us. And, and uh, Coach Bryant, he had just walked from, you know, leaning up against the goalpost to midfield and, and uh, spoke the afternoon, son. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you son of a – why did yeah. you turn me down? Why did you turn yep. me down? Yeah, I'm trying to imitate Coach Bryant. I have no clue what I just did. Uh, <laughs> I just no clue. My 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 sidekick Jason, you know my percussionist in my band, who does all my backup yeah. singing. I write songs. So anyway, he's he's been with me for 28 years. Anytime I do any sort of imitation, he said, "You know that sounded Irish." And I said, "No matter what language." And I said, "Come on, man." I said, "You got to be kidding." So I'll, I'll reach out to him when he, he's in Nashville, when we're not on the road or not playing, just just to. You know, say I've been practicing my British accent. I, I feel like if I don't open my mouth as wide, yeah. he goes, Steve, do not do that. Step away from the imitations of any other language. Do not. That's great. He's so funny, man. He can't, but he can do them all perfect. You know, like he's yeah. like the chameleon of voices. Anyway, all right. We're talking to John Bond, my dear pal. Uh, John, when you're there, oh, first of all, Storm in the Field, was that allowed back then? Did that happen? Uh, it happened, but it was kind of a, I guess a half-ass storm in the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were people that people. up on the field, but it wasn't like tear down the goalpost and it was in Jackson, you know? And, and, uh, uh, so it was, it was different, but yes, there were a lot of people on the field after the game. Does, uh, your time there while you're running the wishbone and, you know, we grew up in the same conference, uh, as JG George and Willie oh, satellite yeah. Totten. And Jerry Rice. So you guys are all in school at the same time, correct? Right. Yes. So what was yeah, that Jerry, like watching all that going on over there? And Coach well, Jerry, Cooper. you know, Jerry was from Crawford. So Jerry, during summers, he would come and, and we'd work out and throw it. You know, I'd throw to Jerry during the summer and all that kind of stuff. So we, I saw him quite often, you know, in the summertime. He so, had that crazy work ethic. Did you ever experience yeah. doing it with him? Yes. And, um, uh, we were in Shire Fieldhouse, which was our indoor facility one year. And, and, um, and we had a, a guy, a white guy, Eric Poor from, uh, where was he from? Not, uh, anyway, some like Doram Meridian. He was from like Chunky or something like that. And uh, he was really fast. And, you know, and he and Jerry raced and he actually beat Jerry. But then when you get out there and you're running routes together, Jerry was running just as fast straight ahead. And then he took a right. He never even slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> that's how quick his breaks were i mean you had to throw three steps ahead you know if you're throwing an out route you better be ready when he's about three steps from making that cut what do you think that drove him with discipline wise you know his in-laws lived uh over in cypress hills here in greenville and he'd come to greenville and every once in a while we'd play hoop but he'd be working out all day we'd see him running up and down the levee oh, yeah. run, running all day working out yep. all day playing basketball i mean what was it that drove him you think because he was known for working out harder than anyone. Right. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that was his, his dad, you know, I mean, growing up and uh, he worked all day with his dad and, you know, it was a bricklayer and, and they built houses and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was working from a young age, so he didn't know yeah. he didn't have much downtime. And if he did, I don't think uh, his dad let him have much, you know what I mean? I mean, he was yeah. always doing so I so, think, but he was very competitive too. And like I said, he was an athlete and, and he loved all those sports. So, Hey, John, John, you see Notre Dame play Navy every year. Is I'm, This is my, you know, my, a lot of my family went there. My dad, my brother, my nephew. Right. Da, da, da. Okay. So, uh, we actually, our oldest son, Strax, best friend growing up, Jackson Pittman, wanted to play at Notre Dame. His dad played at Tennessee State. 
His mom was a basketball player there, I'm pretty sure. And he's been Brentwood Academy's defensive coach for many years. But uh, all of their kids, four boys, start their names started with J's. They held them all back in the sixth grade, so they repeated sixth grade. And all right. they all went, I think, pretty sure, they all went and played college ball. But Jackson was big. He had the best hands. And he wound up going to Navy and started for a number of years at nose guard. Wow. And he actually beat Notre Dame the, the one of the years. His him and Navy beat him, and I was so proud of him because you know he wanted to be at Notre Dame, and they they didn't look right. at him. He was undersized and all that, but you know, big heart, really, really, like I said, great hands and great feet, good basketball player. You could throw it to him down, even as a little, you know, as a fourth, fifth, and sixth grader, you could count on his hands every time if you just threw it up down. Yeah, he was bigger. He was bigger than everybody, you know. But right. anyway, with that said, why do more teams not run? What you ran, this wishbone, this sort of crazy option with all of these choices. I mean, especially when you're really one of the only ones in the country doing it. I know there was another team some, uh, uh, this year that I saw that was running it and that nobody could beat them. It might have been D2 level. But the bottom line is, why aren't we seeing it at all uh, as far well, say at all? Why aren't we seeing it more from teams when it causes so much trouble when you're not practicing against it? Right. And I think, well, you know, you'll see it more in high school. And that's because, you know, the kids don't really have a choice of where to go to school. That's their school. So that's where they go to school. We're going to run the wishbone. But when they have that option to, uh, if, and if they're good enough, I think we were talking about it earlier about, well, you know, I'm going to get pigeonholed as being a, you know, a running, non-throwing quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go do that. I think it's just harder to re- recruit guys to get to come and run it. I think it would be fantastic. If, if you could get the athletes to come and run it, I think it would, it, you could go up and down the field on it. You know, if, if you get the offensive line, that's another thing. The offensive line, you know, they want to go where there's pass blocking, where there's a lot of pass blocking. They don't want to come off the ball, you know, the old school, coming off the ball and, and driving people down the field. And, you know, and that's what it takes, you know, in the wishbone. You've got to have guys that will come off the football, not that, you know, setting that foot back and, and just deflecting guys and keeping them off the quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. It's just hard to get the guys to come run it. Go to superiorcatfish.com. John Bond and I, we will be right back. Don't go away. Doing it, doing it right. I saw the light. Sun came up in the middle of the night. Been doing it wrong for so long. I show I don't know what it finally feels like. I show I don't know what it finally feels like. I show I don't know what it finally feels like. You be doing it, doing it, doing it. I'm doing it right. Hello, I'm John Bond is my guest, Hall of Fame 2005 inductee, Mississippi Hell State. Go to superiorcatfish.com. It's produced right here in Mississippi with the way that the NIL is and the portal. Um, you look at the, our, one of our tailbacks, you know, Dylan got to play, Johnson got to play in the national championship, but, yeah. but Trey was undefeated as well at 13 and 0. And of course they lost their quarterback and they, you know, Alabama jumped them. So Florida State doesn't go. Um, but Trey and all them opted out. Trey's going to, you know, he's way up in the draft as far as running backs with Mel Kuyper. So what, I mean, okay, so we're sort of, college is like the pros now. So you're yes. dealing with a different group of kids now that's getting paid. So yes. what's that going to do for college coaches? You're, yeah, you're looking at the same deal, man. And I think, uh, I think with Lane Kiffin, you know, Lane's one of those young guys that, uh, guys yeah. want to go play for. And I think that's why you've seen, such a difference in, in Mississippi State and 
Lane. You know, Lane's been there and established. You know, Levy comes. We didn't know we were going to get Levy. I kind of had an idea, but, you know, we didn't know. He wasn't signed up. So I, I think once he got in, I think he made a little bit of a difference. Um, uh, you know, I think Mike Leach was that guy, too. I think everybody, people, quarterbacks especially wanted to come play for Mike Leach. Receivers especially wanted to come play for Mike, uh, you know, uh, the offensive line. For yeah. those reasons we were talking about, you know, not running the wishbone, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to do the wishbone in the air. We're going to deliver the ball to a lot of people. And I think they love, they love playing that. The offensive line loves blocking for it. The, uh, uh, and the receivers love catching the ball and the quarterbacks love throwing it. So yeah, I think, you know, that's, that has a lot to do with it. And I think Lane is young and, and I think he's, you know, he's shown that he can get along with those guys and, and, um, uh, he's a guy that they can relate to. Yeah. His, you know, with the portal, he's number one right now. And the, the athletes yeah. he's bringing in are insane. I mean, yes. it's a, they've, they've got, they're going to have a lot of, uh, hype for sure at the beginning of the year. And he has such a good year this year. Yeah. You know, I like him. And obviously Pete Golden, you know, he's a Delta State boy. So it's, uh, yeah. Uh, he's a great, great, great guy, and I'm really happy for him. He's having a, a great recruiting season on the defensive side of the ball. You know, speaking of Kermit, we saw his house the other day, by the way. We were in uh, Ole Miss for, uh, well, we were in Oxford for, uh, Marshall Henderson and Chloe's, uh, baby shower. Marshall's oh, oh, about okay. to be a dad. He's going to be got a boy coming. <laughs> Have mercy. Anyway, uh, so we were there and we were out with friends of ours, uh, the Suarez, as you know, Neil and Page and we, Dr. Yes. Suarez. And we were at their place on the course, and they were going, there's Kermit's house all lit up in the corner over there. And I, w- I was going there for two reasons, to get that, to see them and do that and get fitted for Blue Delta jeans, which I've wanted to forever, and I can't tell you how good they fit. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, you know, on stage, you know, yeah. we got to have them fit right. I got to yeah. dog it. And so anyway, I shout out to them, because Josh and Nick, I really appreciate those guys for, for letting me come in, and, and uh, they got me fitted really great. All right, so – Oh, and by the way, we got to see uh, Linda and, Mo- and Morgan Freeman. Morgan was wonderful to sit with and hang out. I-, I love that man. He's very yeah. good to me in my career for sure. And uh, it's always good, you know, sitting with God, as they say, right? He seems like, he seems like a great guy. <laughs> All right. Okay. So l- before we go, uh, we got a little bit of time. You're watching Josh Hubbard. He looks like a star already, very comfortable at Mississippi Ooh. State, right? Um, yeah. And do you, do you credit that to he, started as an eighth grader, ninth grader at, you know, at MRA, and he was that successful, right? What, 4,000, whatever points he scored, crazy number of points. Do you feel like he's, as a freshman and being with seniors and fifth-year seniors and maybe six-year with COVID, that it's just a skip in the park like it was for him growing up as a kid? Well, it looks like it right now. I mean, he just stepped up and, and come, you know, in the first of the season, he was coming off the bench and, and hitting 20 and 25 points. Yeah. And, uh, as a starter, I think he's just going to do that much better. You know, I, I got to watch him in high school because, you know, Emily was, is at MRA and yeah. And man, when he, his jump shot, he, he jumps, I, I promise you four feet. Well, yeah. I guarantee it, it's every bit of his vertical. It's, he comes so far and that's why Kermit loved him. That's why he, you know, recruited him so hard. I got to see Kermit while he was recruiting him, you know, down here. So, um, uh, I, I just think he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's a lot like, uh, I think he's a little bit, well, I don't want to say better. He's a little different than Chris Jackson. You remember Chris sure, Jackson? Sure, man. You know, Are you he, kidding? He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't that tall, but man, he could jump and he could shoot. And I don't know that Josh is a lot like him. I mean, he can, he can really light it up. And I, I just, I can't wait to watch him grow and get better. 
Well, it looks so comfortable and easy to him. I mean, like it's slow. It looks slow to him, right? It does. It does. I mean, everything he does, he's just in front of everybody, and he's so he's he's a blast to watch. Yeah, I if, love he's, if he's five ten, he plays six eight. I'm yes. telling you, because he does elevate like nothing I've ever seen oh. when he's shooting. I mean, there's a lot of space between him and the floor. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. Crazy. Don't get hurt coming down. Yeah, I know. No, no. Could you imagine? Well, you're a lot taller than me. You would probably survive. But if I was up there anywhere near a rim, my hand, then I would have to ask for a ladder. Come down. Please. And a hug. I need a hug, too. Went on the way yeah. down. <laughs> all right. Well, John, that's all the time we got. You're the best. I love you, pal. Hugs to MB. Hug to the kids. Congratulations I'll on do it, all man. that they're doing. And we'll see you no later than June. But I hope I'm going to see you before June. That'd be great. Love you too, Steve. Tell everybody, hey. All right, superiorcatfish.com. John Bond and I will eat that any day of the week. Go to Macon, Mississippi, right where he used to roam the fields at number 13. Hall of Famer John Bond's been my guest. Uh, Go to superiorcatfish.com. Produce right here in Mississippi. Visit Mississippi.org. Plan your road trip. Be proud of your Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. Later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time. Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Up to the minute reports on air and always online at supertalk.fm. Your statewide news network, Supertalk Mississippi News at supertalk.fm. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.